0: As the conflict in Syria heats up, we examine the role of the area in the light of the Bible's prophecy of a coming temporary peace and then full-on conflict which will lead to the manifestation of Christ to the nations of the world. This is the Bible in the News and I'm Matt Davies joining you. The Bible tells us that very soon Israel will have a temporary peace with its neighbours. In Ezekiel chapter 38, we have a prophecy all about the latter days, a phrase mentioned in verse 8 and verse 16. Now, this phrase is used in the Bible to describe the time period of the Jews being regathered as a nation. For example, see Hosea chapter 3 verse 5. And this time period relates directly to our time as since 1948, Israel has indeed once again become inhabited by the Jews. And in these latter days we read in Ezekiel 38 of a massive invasion of the land of Israel which takes place just prior to the return of Christ. Some of the details that surround this indicate that Israel is at peace during this time. For example, in verse 8 of Ezekiel 38, it says that the regathered Jews shall dwell safely, all of them. And in verse 11, it says that, they, that the invading army comes against a land whose inhabitants dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Now, it's an amazing fact that today when you travel around the land of Israel, you'll find that the majority of Israeli settlements, known as kibbutz, all have fences and walls around them, as well as large yellow gates and watchtowers. Clearly things have to change, both internally between the Jews and the Palestinians, but also externally between Israel and her neighbouring countries. And one of these countries is, of course, Syria, which lies to the north of Israel. However, seeing that this is a prophecy in Ezekiel 38 of the invasion of Israel, the peace that will come can only be temporary. The invasion that will take place is not done by one single nation, but by a group of nations listed by their ancient names in verses two through to six. And these nations will be headed up by a character called Gog. And when the ancient names of the territories are traced back to their roots, you find they describe the powers that sit on the areas of modern Russia, Europe and northern Africa. Russia is directly mentioned in verse 3 by its ancient name of Rosh. This is evident by modern translations of this verse, such as the New King James Version, which translates verse 3 as, and say, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach and Tubal. All of these ancient names relate to the peoples we now know as Russia. Also included within the list of powers is the name Persia in verse 5. And when you look back at the ancient territory of Persia, you will discover that this covers the countries of modern Syria, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan and Pakistan. And these territories are the Persia of Ezekiel 38 and verse five. So as Bible students, we would expect these countries who are hostile to Israel at the moment to become less of an issue for a limited amount of time. But how might this situation occur? And are there any other Bible prophecies which include these territories in the latter days? Well, Daniel chapter 11 helps to shed some light upon this. And Daniel 11 is an amazing prophecy about two key territories down through time, which would be taken over by occupying powers. And they're known as the King of the North and the King of the South. The start of the prophecy is the time period of the Medo-Persian Empire, which was approximately 550 BC. But the final focus of the prophecy is the same time period as that of Ezekiel chapter 38. We know this because in Daniel and chapter 10, we read these words spoken by an angel to the prophet Daniel in verse 14. He says, now I come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So this angel is going to outline to Daniel what was going to happen in exactly the same time period in which Ezekiel 38 is said to occur. The angel then proceeds in chapter 11 to show Daniel that eventually the then-current superpower, the Persian Empire, would be superseded by the Greeks in verse 2. And the angel explains that in verse 3, a mighty king of the Greeks would emerge on the world scene, and we know this to have been Alexander the Great. Then the angel explains how that the territory of the Greek Empire would then be split up into four areas. And again we know from history that this occurred when Alexander's four generals eventually took control of the Greek Empire upon Alexander's death. The prophecy then picks up two of these areas. One to the north of Israel, called the King of the North, which is known as the Seleucid Empire because it was Seleucius, who took over control of that. And this area covered the modern territories of Iran, Syria and Pakistan. The other area discussed is the area to the south of Israel, called in the uh, prophecy, the King of the South. Or the Ptolemaic Empire, as is known in history, because of Alexander's general Ptolemy, who took control of it. The prophecy goes through various events, which would then happen down through time between the occupiers of these two areas. Now, it's worth noting that to be called either the king of the north or the king of the south, the power that had the control of these areas had to be an occupying power and not a native power of the territories. And this, of course, was the case right back at the beginning because the Greeks were in control of these areas, and not native to them. And in verse 36, eventually we come to another character which is introduced. He's simply known as the king. And as you follow the prophecy through, you will find that this describes the state of the two territories when one occupying power was in control of them, both. This is the time when the Roman Empire controlled the north and the south. And so really there was no king of the north and no king of the south. There was just the king. And we know that the capital of the Roman Empire at this point was Constantinople. What is interesting, though, is that as we reach the climax of the prophecy, we read of how, once again, there would be occupying powers that would arise on the territories of the king of the north and the king of the south. For example, look at verse 40, which begins, And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. So as the prophecy draws to a close and reaches its dramatic climax about what would happen to Daniel's people in the latter days, we read of how an occupying force of the south will push against the power of the king that resides in Constantinople. Now, this is not something we can go into in great detail at the moment, but the criteria of this prophecy has been fulfilled in the events of World War I, when the occupying power of the, so- of the South and Egypt, and at the time this was Britain, pushed against the king of the Constantinople, Which was at that time the Ottoman Empire, and the British pushed from the south against that power. But then we read on, and in the same verse, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. Now, this has not yet occurred. An occupying power which controls all the territories of the king of the north has not yet come against the power of Constantinople the criteria of the prophecy therefore requires that such a power will appear on the world scene which will dominate and control Lebanon Syria Iran Afghanistan and Pakistan and once such a power is seen on the world stage be sure to know that we will be looking at the latter-day king of the north when he appears he will eventually attack Turkey the king Of Constantinople. But he won't stop there though, because the prophecy goes on to explain that the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab. And the chief of the children of Ammon, he shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. We then read of how he comes back from Egypt eventually into Israel, but meets his end in Jerusalem in verse 45 of Daniel 11. Now, in a book originally entitled Europe Chained and Russia Triumphant, but which has now been more commonly known as the exposition of Daniel, Bible student John Thomas outlined various reasons why it is reasonable to assume that Daniel's king of the north is the same character as Ezekiel's goad. Some of these reasons are as follows. The geographical locations are the same from the north of Israel. Both are invaders of Israel. The time period of the prophecies is the same. They have the same peoples confederate with them, mentioned as Persia, Ethiopia and Libya. They both meet with the same fate. We therefore believe that the occupying force of the territories of the King of the North will be the power of Russia who will soon control these territories to fulfil its role as the gog of Ezekiel 38 and the king of the north of Daniel chapter 11. And once in control of these territories, it would seem that somehow peace will be made with Israel, perhaps for an energy deal. This would account for the peace and safety of Ezekiel 38 before the sudden invasion of Constantinople and then down into the Holy Land. The civil war in Syria, which we are witnessing at this moment in time, has exposed to us the interest that Russia has in the territory of the ancient King of the North, just as we would expect from what is revealed to us in the Bible. It is therefore very interesting, as we watch the events in Syria, how that we get the distinctive smell of the Kremlin and all the events which surround the struggle in which an estimated 80,000 people have lost their lives. As Syria plunged into civil war, Russia blocked three attempts by the United Nations to sanction the the Syrian government. Russia has also admitted supplying the Syrian government with weapons such as the SA-17 surface-to-air missiles, It was reported that Israel had carried out an airstrike in January on a convoy of these supplies and other Israeli airstrikes on military supplies reported to be from Russia and Iran have also been mentioned in recent media stories. On May 17th, it was reported that the US Army General Martin Dempsey had commented on this supply of arms and said, quote, it's at the very least an unfortunate decision that will embolden the regime and prolong the suffering. It's ill-timed and very unfortunate. End quote from usnews.com. The New York Times reported on May the 16th that quote, Russia has long-standing interests in Syria, including a naval base at the Mediterranean port of Tartus. As the Syrian crisis has escalated, Russia has gradually augmented its naval presence in the region. In January, more than two dozen Russian warships sailed to the Black and Mediterranean seas to take part in what the Defence Ministry said was to be the country's largest naval exercise in decades, testing the ship's ability to deploy outside Russian waters." This is interesting. As in Ezekiel 11, we read of how the King of the North comes with ships. Well, Russia has a port already in the territory of the King of the North, and here we see them willing to use it. Russia is not only involved directly, but also indirectly in this territory. It is a great supporter of Iran, who in turn is a great supporter of Hezbollah, the terrorist group operating from Lebanon to the north of Israel. In news stories this week, it has come to light that Hezbollah has been sending troops over to help fight with the Syrian regime. And also, Iranians have been reported to be fighting alongside the Syrian army. And Hezbollah and Iran have also joined Russia in supporting the Assad regime in recent times. Hezbollah has very publicly warned the West against getting involved, particularly after the Western media speculated that the Syrian government has recently used chemical weapons in the conflict, something which President Obama had recently indicated was a red line that should not be crossed. On the 5th of May, the Israel National News reported, Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah gave his clearest admission to date that the Shiite Islamist group is offering active support to Syrian government troops and other pro-regime forces. Nasrallah declared that Syria has real friends in the region and in the world who will not allow Syria to fall into the hands of America or Israel, end quote. Russia has also been instrumental this week in persuading the Syrian government and rebels to attend a peace conference soon to take place. We can therefore see Russia and its allies are very much involved in the region of the King of the North. Yes, Russia's claws are already deeply rooted in these territories, as we would expect from Bible prophecy. It is preparing to fulfil its destiny as the occupying power of the region, which will soon be clothing itself with the mantle we know as the King of the North. We therefore watch the signs of the times. Now we do not know how things might pan out in Syria in the short term, but God has revealed to us what will ultimately occur that even though this invasion will take place, God will act to save Israel and show forth his glory by revealing his son to the world, along with all the faithful followers of his word, the saints. These immortal beings will then destroy the enemies of Israel and reestablish God's kingdom on the earth, which will be the restored kingdom of ancient Israel. In Daniel chapter 12, speaking about the time of the latter-day activities of the King of the North, we read these encouraging words. And at that time shall Michael, one like God, stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever. It is this time we, as Bible students, hope for. The time the Lord Jesus Christ shall judge the quick, the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. 2 Timothy 4 verse 1. It is the time of the resurrection of the dead for those responsible to God's word down through the ages. And the time for when the faithful will be given the gift of eternal life. It is this time that our Lord and Master taught us to pray for when he said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. How we look forward to that kingdom when all the conflicts in this world will be removed and replaced by a reign of peace and righteousness. We watch and wait for that time. And as we do so, we hope you will stay true to the word of God and continue to join us for more episodes of The Bible in the News. This has been Matt Davies joining you.